This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Welcome to the artists. As Godard said, you don't make a movie, the movie makes you. In our movie-making profession, the workings of Murphy's Law is always at its best. In these candid conversations, we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie-making business. Hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams, but with a mood of reality check on it. I'm your host, Suchita, and this podcast is brought to you by Metaphysical Lab. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Artist. I hope you guys are looking forward to a good weekend uh, with the Australian Open. Uh, coming to our filmmaking, um, well, the making of films is long and it's slow and you need a lot of resilience, you need to have a lot of patience. And there was very few lucky people reach the finishing line very fast and well, there is no finishing line. Uh, with the reports of, you know, a couple of not very pleasant reports happening over the past weeks where people are expressing their depression um, and suicidal tendencies, uh, which is very common in the industry. I sincerely recommend you guys go and listen to my other podcast, which is on mental health. It's called The SOS Show. And it is in collaboration with uh, a podcasting network called Epilog Media. And it is on 14 podcasting platforms. It is on um, uh, my Twitter handle as well, which is Metaphysical Lab. So do go and check out that podcast as well. And have a lot of patience with your filmmaking skills. Well, um, the last week has been really good because we got some real good messages on our WhatsApp. So definitely connect with us on our WhatsApp. Tell us more about yourself. We met these young filmmakers who connected with us from Bangalore and oh my god uh, these guys are running an online film school which is in Kannada language and you guys have to check it out it's on YouTube channel and with the uh, name of Sushupti Dreams S-U-S-H-U-P-T-I-D-R-E-A-M-S Sushupti Dreams and these guys are teaching making films uh, on their YouTube channel on making films with any resources and I'm so elated and I'm so inspired just, uh, you know, watching the channel even though I'm not understanding anything. So guys, do go and check this out in case you guys are looking for an online film school. Anybody from South, this is something worth watching. Alright, we are today in conversation with Barnabas Toth. Barnabas Toth is the director of this film called Those Who Remained, which was uh, the top 10 shortlists of the academy 2020 um, it was a hungarian film a hungarian drama those who remained barnabas is a director he's also an actor and he also teaches filmmaking in budapest and this is a second uh, a nomination in oscars rather a second shortlist list in oscars the first was a short film that got uh, a shortlisted last year 2019 with shushataj please welcome barnabas toth uh, joining us from the land of belatar 
Hi Barnabas welcome to the show and uh, thank you for joining us from the land of Belatar <laughs> Thanks for having me and uh, hi to all the listeners Before we get into your you know Oscar shortlist and your nominations you know I just want to extend this conversation a bit in terms of being from the land of Belatar um, what has been your you know your influence uh, uh, with respect to Belatar Yes uh, well I like very much his works especially mm. the early ones mm-hmm. he's kind of really like a symbolic figure in Hungarian cinema he's the most known worldwide as a really like an author which yes. has his own style and universe and uh, uh, especially his his early works were like faster because he's he's well known for his very long shots and his metaphysical films yeah. but his early movies his early movies were more socially more um, i don't know more sensitive and more fast and shorter so what he did in the late 70s mm. and early 80s I, I like those mostly but my personal style is very different from his yes. even though I share some of some of his uh, his colleagues his partners for example production designer mm-hmm. Laszlo Roy mm-hmm. he did my last film and he's oh. the collaborator of Villatar for his last three or so short uh, two or three movies mm-hmm. I don't know him personally I don't know Villatar personally but i know his works and i respect him a lot barnabas you know i i know a few uh, you know directors whose uh, film got submitted to the academy's 2020 and uh, they were all eagerly waiting for that their cut off list the first 10 uh, short, you know short list in december which was supposed to be out and which got out and uh, your film you know it was there in uh, the 10 list How, what was your feeling like at that moment Well, I was obviously extremely happy and I felt proud because in a way I I kind of represented my whole country or at yes. least my yes. country's annual cinematic production mm-hmm. because uh, as you might know every every country has to enter one film and it was great and 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 being in the in the top 10 it it's it somehow proved to to the to the national committee and to the fellow filmmakers that somehow this decision was was uh, was a good decision to send my film so i was relieved <laughs> in this in the, under this pressure of of national you know proving something barnamas those who remained um, uh, your film that was nominated as the hungarian uh, uh, film from your country uh, what did you do in that waiting period after submission were you anxious you know there's a certain notion about academies that you know you know everyone has so we don't know how far true that notion is that you really need to network there you know after your film gets shortlisted that you need to go there meet people and you know money is also you know proved to be something very important you know in your networking and marketing capabilities did you do anything of that sort Yes and no. Mm. Um there are two phases actually. Phase 1 is called uh, the phase before the announcement of the shortlist where mm. you have all the 91 uh, entered films from all around the globe. Yes. And in that phase meaning from let's say early September to mid December mm-hmm. uh, mm. we were not doing too much actually i think i think that was a mistake if i look back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, i we didn't get support from the film institute here so we didn't have really budget to as you say to network which means having additional screenings 
and not only the official academy screening, which is like one or two times. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have the possibility to buy screening rooms and to send out emails to members and inviting them and even having reception, even having your stars get there and having conversation with them. It's totally allowed. You can even send out screeners mm -hmm. to, to eventually to all the academy members. Mm -hmm. So we didn't do this in the first phase. Mm -hmm. uh, we were hoping that the, the film's quality by itself would allow us, because the, the, the reviews were very well, very yes. good after after Telluride, because we, the world premiere was in Telluride in mm -hmm. late, late August, and we had very good reviews. And, you know, in phase one, only a few Academy members vote. Those who've seen it on big screen in Los Angeles, so we speak about like two or three hundred people, not more. Mm -hmm. So it's a selected audience. So we hope that we're gonna make it, and we made it. So we didn't have to invest too much. So actually, in a way, the the, the strategy was good. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a mistake to start, and then then from the shortlist we got the support from the Film Institute, a couple mm -hmm. of thousand dollars. I don't maybe thirty thousand mm dollar. -hmm. So it was it was it was a a generous allowance mm -hmm. and uh, so we so we organized four or five screenings and we had ad, 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 advertisements posted in variety in hollywood reporter in los angeles uh, i don't know times so but i think we started late we started late december so only two or three weeks left for the second phase which is to the nomination to the top five mm -hmm. and i believe that was not enough for for the for the word of mouth, which is like the buzz. And also we didn't ha send out screeners. And for the first time this year, all academy members could vote in phase two. So not only those who've seen it in Los Angeles or New York on big screen, but anybody voting from home, from their laptop, from streaming. Wow. And we, and we don't know how many people voted. We don't know, you know, so I think, I think we, I would, I, would, I would do it differently if I had a second chance, but I don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you, would, you, you say you would be sort of, you guys would be more involved in marketing the film, perhaps pumping in some more resources. And of course, money, a, a significant amount of money is needed for it as well. Exactly. And from September onwards. So from the day the National Committee decides about entering the movie, mm -hmm. I think you have to start campaigning. You cannot wait until the shortlist, you know. Every filmmaker wants to be in the Oscars and then now finally there are the five nominations that have been out. Why is Oscar so important? Yeah, it has a, it has a huge, huge marketing value mm. and it's like everybody in the world connects to this prize. I mean, you can explain what maybe a golden palm uh, verse in Cannes or what mm -hmm. a Sundance selection mm -hmm. verse, mm -hmm. you know, you can debate about this, but having an Oscar nomination or even shortlist, it's like, it rings, it, it can open doors. It's like everybody connects to Oscars. It's like a dream. It's like a joke almost. It's like, you know, a hallucination. So, so, so I think, and, and also, and also in, if you ever tend, if you ever tend to work in, in UK or in, in the States mm -hmm. and you have this on your CV, you you get you get more important you know offers or meetings. It's like it's like it's having a golden stamp on your name card. So oh, it's, mm. you you can you can of course and you have to mm. be uh, you question the value of Oscar and their decisions. You know mm. very often you know not the right films get chosen and 
you get always you get always these debates about Oscar not really representing the best films, but international category is a bit different because international category is like it can have more independent movies, more artistic movies, more individually creative and interesting movies than the big blockbusters. So mm. it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an exciting category, although it's not in the in the spotlight necessarily in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you get to see any of the films that got uh, nominated, the five films, Parasite? And yes, I've seen four. I've ah. seen four out of the five. Okay. The only one I haven't seen is the Macedonian uh, documentary, Honeyland. I haven't okay. seen it, but I'm going to see it on Monday because there is a documentary film festival in Budapest. So I will see it in four days. But uh, but all the fours I've seen, I'm, I'm particularly I was I was really impressed by the French one, Les Misérables, mm. about the, mm. the Paris conflict between policemen and minorities. It's it's really breathtaking movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And but I admired all of them, all of them. Almodovar, Parasite, and and uh, Corpus Christi was very well made. So it was very strong year, really strong year, I think. Awesome. And did you think that your film, when you were making it, when you started to make uh, your film, Those Who Remained, did you expect that it's going to be, you know, shortlisted in uh, in the 10, the top 10? No, not at all. You can never say you can expect something. I think it would be a really big mistake, even if you do. But honestly, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> honestly, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. But I, I, I kind of felt that there is potential to it. Uh, and even while making it, I made certain decisions that it, it that it it becomes more accessible to a wider audience, because the the thematic of my movie is a uh, is related partly to the Holocaust, partly to the communist uh, uh, era and dictatorship in Hungary, mm. Mm. Uh, late forties, early fifties, from the last century. So, which is which is already kind of it's it's an art house topic, and only like. I, I, I didn't want it to be judged as, as a film that only interests uh, a small amount of people who is, you know, like scholars or historicals or people who are affected by these historical traumas. I wanted it to be accessible to wider audience. So I, 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 I intentionally focused on psychology and romance and, uh, and this, this healing power of love between mm-hmm. a middle-aged man, middle-aged man, and a teenager girl, but pure love and 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 uh, and clean love, not physical love. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. like stepfather stepdaughter love, so innocent love. Mm. So I wanted to make it a universal human story, and mm-hmm. I think I think Americans in Hollywood appreciate when the story is so emotional driven and character driven, and not too focusing on history and wounds and trauma. Barnas, uh, tell me something. Your film, uh, Those Who Remained, uh, is Hungarian drama film. How would you sort of classify uh, drama is when you guys started writing the script, working on the script, uh, what were the conscious elements of drama that you added while writing and while executing? Yes, uh, this film is an adaptation of a novel. Hmm. And when I read this novel... Uh, uh, I was amazed by the richness of the characters and the dialogues mm-hmm. and how, how easy to attach to them because they talk about everyday problems and everyday challenges for, for, for people. And so I, I wanted this drama to be, although, although behind their past, 
these two characters passed mm-hmm. there are huge tragedies the girls lost both parents and the sister and the men lost two kids and the wife so they lost everybody around them in, during the holocaust uh, because they are both jewish uh, origins and as you might know in eastern europe almost all the jewish population was executed yes. in in labor camps in germany so that was almost their destiny, but they survived, they came back. That's why the title, Those Who Remain. So they remain with us. Yes. And they, they have to start, they had to start their life again. But as I said in my previous answer, I didn't want this drama to be too depressing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on the healing process, on them getting better and better, and even daring to say getting happier and happier after mm-hmm. all those things. Because mm-hmm. they found something in each other. They found someone to care of. So, so that's I wanted to to be it a light, a lighter drama, a li- mm. really a light drama, not a dramedy. So, not not going to comedy, but there are moments when the audience can laugh, and they mm. do laugh. Mm. They, I hear laughter in the audience, no matter if it's in Egypt, Cairo, or if it's in Co- Korea, Busan. Mm. They laugh. Mm. They attach mm. the story. Mm. It's, it's wonderful. It's a mm. wonderful feeling. Uh, they say that you know the city that you live in influences a person. And you live in Budapest. Uh, how has the city influenced you as a filmmaker? Well, it always influences uh, uh, the, your 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 environment and what mm. surrounds yeah. you. And Budapest is a is a is a is a big city, two million people. Well, compared to India, maybe it's not big, but <laughs> for 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 this part of Europe, it's rather a big city, and it's a beautiful city. And there is this river. Danube, and now as I talk to you from my kitchen, I I look out the window and I wow. see. The oh my river. God! Really? Okay. Mm. Yes, and this river has has deep secrets, like you know, like in Clint Eastwood movie Mystic River. Yes. So actually, which is very sad part of history, and my story, my those who remain deals with this part. I mean, Jew, Jewish people were were sent out from the ghettos, and they were walked to the river bank and they were just literally shot in this river masses thousands of people children old people sick people mm-hmm. so you know so, so I, I you you know cannot you cannot escape this but obviously if you don't think about history and so tragic history there are many light sides i mean budapest is now a it's a tourist attraction and many many people come to party there are cafes and there is literally like a district where you have 500 nice cl- cafes and clubs and you know you can talk about nightlife and people getting together and how how is to be to a young person in Budapest you don't you don't have to be tragical you can be light-hearted and funny so it's a rich and inspiring environment and I, I just love this city and why did you specifically choose those who remain like you know like there's this huge discussion that happens that you know you need to choose stories for you need to choose stories specifically to appeal to the film festival or you know the outside market did you think about all these things while choosing those who remained honestly i only think about the audience and the impact that my film can have on them mm. I, I i don't care about festivals i don't care about international uh, career of a film I, I i i care about you know regardless to country or nation mm. uh, i i hope i hope with my films i can i can touch people outside or inside hungary no matter because I, I like universal human topics, like if you take Chaplin movies, Chaplin's uh, uh, thematics was, was always tragical, like 
losing a kid or being just poor or being uh, hopeless or homeless or jobless. But he made so much fun out of it and he yes. was fun and he was universal with his music and his acting and his dancing. And I, 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 I he's a model to me. I, I really hope I can deal with issues that, that are easy to connect to regardless to language or culture or re- religion, like love like being lonely or being depressed and or being happy you know i like i like i like emotions and i don't i'm not scared of, of them <laughs> mm, amazing so you're saying you, this is emotions that connect to you when you're choosing a story and nothing else mm, yes yes nothing else emotions and 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 maybe something that a character can take home or a reviewer can take home as I wouldn't say lesson because it looks like a school, but if the character learns something in the film and then you can learn something for your own life, you can take away something from the cinema mm. that mm. can that can maybe get your life better or, or, or make you feel better about living on this planet with other people. Mm. It's just, it's a plus, it's an extra. Yes, that's brilliant, Barnabas. You just told me, I didn't know this uh, thing about you, that you were teaching at a university, teaching uh, what, films? Yes, I teach film directing and uh, film producing uh, for international students, actually. And yeah. it's funny because just before talking to you, Suchita, <laughs> I, come from, I come from the university and I had this session with uh, Ryan, with, with my Indian student from, uh, from Mumbai. <laughs> <laughs> he has this, this great film project, so I'm, I'm helping to develop this project with him. That's amazing. He didn't find anything in Mumbai that he's in Budapest now. <laughs> 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 yes, not enough film production in Mumbai for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Um, uh, what's the what's the the enthusiasm level of uh, you know making films in Budapest? Because in Mumbai, everybody you know, second person is a storyteller, and you know, Bollywood, uh, Mumbai industry makes approximately thousand films a year. So, what's uh-huh. the state of the Hungarian film industry there? Well, we make about 15 to 20 movies per year. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing to get your film produced because we have a lot of film directors mm-hmm. and obviously some kind of jealousy or, or, or competition is, is uh, inevitable. So, in average, a film director gets to make a movie every five, six, seven, ten years. And I've been, I've been waiting for my first film. I've been waiting ten years. And for my second film, Those Who Remained, I've been waiting another ten years. Wow. So I've, wow. been, I've been in this business for 20 years and I made two features. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is another, there are other possibilities to work, such as short films, documentaries, TV series, advertisements, working as an AD for other people. So I can work, I can work almost as much as I want to, but making my dreams, my, 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 my original ideas being produced, it's very, very hard and tough. And what's the role of the government like? Like in India, we're still working on, you know, a concrete role of the government. You know, I was chatting with, uh, you know, another filmmaker uh, and uh, she was telling me, her film was in Director's Fortnight Cannes last year and she was telling me that the government plays a crucial role in the films. Um, so what is the government role in the Hungarian industry? It is crucial too. We have only one one financing institution called the Film Institute. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. this this same committee, which is five persons basically, 
they decide about the whole annual film production and the whole annual television production. So it's very much concentrated. And uh, since it's a new system, which was established three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, so mm -hmm. I don't know, I cannot tell if it's a good one, if it's a bad one, but I think having only one window and having only one producing uh, institution is has has some risks, to be honest. It has some risks. Absolutely. But there are no independent producers there, which, you know, uh, filmmakers can work with? There are independent producers, but no producer will take on a film without state support. Because simply the film, the, the market here is not enough. We have 10 million people living here. Many of them are elder or poorer. They just don't go to cinema. Oh. I mean, the... I will, I will tell you an, asto an astonishing statistics number, and you won't believe your ears, mm -hmm. Gita. Mm -hmm. An average Hungarian person goes to cinema, to theater, to see a movie one time per year. What are you saying? <laughs> no! Yes. So one average person, Hungarian, goes to cinema one time a year. So with this attendance, you cannot make your film profitable without states to support. Oh my god. Oh my god. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So if you make a film and you get a hundred thousand viewers, it's a huge success. It's a huge success. But it, it's not enough to get your your budget uh, way back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's the interest of people in films like in terms of uh, you know what does how do the youngsters youngsters function there? Meaning about a, a web series and streaming? Yeah, just the consumption of the entertainment, like uh, ah, consumption. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's 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 uh, it's pretty much the same, I think, as everywhere. You have this huge, huge, huge content of of offer of content. Like like many people have Netflix, many people have HBO Go. Um, mm. We have a, we have a countless number of TV channels, and of course, downloading is very popular. Mm -hmm. So, like torrent, torrent, and other other pages. So, so you you get to you get to see all. Pe I mean, young people they watch everything on their laptop or even on their smartphone. So, so we are up to date about the latest U.S. or English TV series. Um, so we, we we know we have an idea about quality content, but but national production is is not that rich and not that strong and not that high quality for for like for instance for series. So there's okay. So it's very limited. What about you know those who remained when you actually wrote the script? Um, how did you sort of go around getting the funds for it? Uh, first, uh, first, I submitted it to this uh, f to the film fund. It was called film fund before. Now it's film institution, uh, film institute. So I, I submitted it to the film fund to make it a, a cinema film, but they they just rejected. They they never you know justify or explain why. You just get an official letter. Thank you for submitting. Da -da -da. Mm. Unfortunately, due to lack of resource, da -da -da, no support. Okay, so I waited maybe maybe one or two or three years then then I was contacted by by a producer I made a short film which was pretty popular it, it went viral on Facebook mm -hmm. and uh, what was it and called? I, it was called My Guide okay. My Guide it's okay. about an old okay. couple in a, in a car mm -hmm. and within a week 1.5 million wow. people watched, watched mm -hmm. it on, on Vimeo okay. so it's still, is it so still there? Yes, it's still okay. on Vimeo, yeah. Sure. Hmm. Um, 
you can you can even link it if if if, if this podcast has a yes uh, I'll link that in yes my guide okay. yeah yeah yes um, so so this movie was very popular and successful so so I was contacted by a producer and she asked what do I have in my drawer what are my projects and I presented this those remain to her she kind of liked it mm-hmm. and especially that moment there was a there was a call for projects from the from the media council and the media council this it's it has been closed ever since and now it has been merged to the film institute so there are no two windows anymore as i mentioned but back then 3 years ago there was the cinema window which rejected my project but there was the media window which is which which produces content for for tv for small screen <laughs> so they liked the project so we started developing i had i i received a small amount of money let's say $5,000 mm-hmm. to make a script, to make a script out of my, my, my treatment. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the script and they still liked it. So we, we got, uh, support, which means $500,000. That was the budget. We got $500,000 from, from this media council. And that was already enough to produce the whole movie, mm-hmm. but we had to be very quick. We had, we had to be like, we had to make it in 19, shooting days which is very very short oh my god 19 shooting days that's it huh? and you used one camera yes one camera yes oh my god that's that's really really small window to shoot did you feel of of course you must have felt that you should have got more shooting days and what kind of crew did you have like how many people on the crew not too much you know we had maybe two people for the lighting hmm. it's, it's really really small two yes. people for the grip yeah. or one people for the grip and uh, but basically it's an intimate drama it's a chamber drama so half of the movie is in in the apartment of the doctor and there is him and the girl so it's it's like intimate psychological drama i didn't need big shots wide shots from streets crowded with people yeah. and yeah. cars So but but for a period drama it's it's very small money and very short time but we were extra prepared we rehearsed very very much and and you know we were sure about every every little detail what happens and why so during shooting only technical questions arise like where to put the camera things like this so mm-hmm. and what did, can, and what kind of did, camera did you use It was a, a big Ari uh, okay. Alexa. Mm. So it's a digital, yes, digital camera. Mm. Ari Alexa, 19 days of shoot. And I yeah. think not more than 25 people on the crew. Uh, not more, yes, around, around 25, around, yes. Around 25. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. And uh, Barnabas, how do you intend to release the film now? Uh, the film has been released late September in uh, Hungary mm-hmm. and it's still in cinemas uh, and we, we made 30,000 uh, people I mean attendance which is not bad for an art house movie in Budapest mm-hmm. and uh, soon it will be released in the United States uh, in February we release it in Florida and then in May in New York and Los Angeles at the same time so it will be in theaters in the United States obviously not not like in the shopping malls and not like in big theaters but like art house theaters and then i ha- i had news about brazil japan australia having having purchased the release rights so i don't know about india i hope 
I hope some distributor will get interested in the film, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I hope you know somebody gets interested and you get to watch the film in the theater. Or else, um, you know, is there a sort of a, a talk going on for the for the OTT space for the VOD OTT space? I, I sorry, I don't get. I don't understand. Uh, is there any talk happening for uh, you know space like um, like a movie, like a Netflix, like a Hulu? Ah. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, not yet, not yet, because the distributor wants to exploit first uh, in theaters. Mm. But mm. I, I think he will try to to sell it to to some major streaming, like global worldwide streaming company. But it's not yet. Maybe maybe in a year or something like this. Mm. And what are you working on next? Well, next I have. Uh, I'm kind of mixed between some projects, so I'm not sure about which one to start with. I still, I, I, I spent so much time and energy on the promotion of those who remained, especially overseas, that I kind of, I lost focus on my next project. But fortunately, some young scriptwriters came to my help, and they showed me a script which I really, really like. It's about a stand-up comedian mm-hmm. uh, in in Hungary in the seventies and eighties, who uh, who who is kind of gets under the influence of another comedian, mm-hmm. uh, and also and also gets attention from the Communist Party. So he's kind of struggling between what he's allowed to say on stage in a dictatorship and what he's not allowed to say. So it's a nice psychological drama with some humor, but it's also human drama. I'm very much interested into it, but first I have to focus on my own projects and decide what I want to do myself. So I don't know yet exactly. I don't have final answer. <laughs> okay. And um, which film are you rooting for uh, in the sh- shortlisted uh, five for the Oscars? Uh, I, I, my personal favorite is the uh, French one, hmm. Les up but I think Parasite is, is gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbeatable. Yes, so I'm sure to win. Yeah, sure. Barnabas, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was a great conversation, great enlightening conversation, and thank you for joining us from Budapest. Thank you, Sochita, once again for calling me. Thanks. Thanks. That's it, folks, for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do connect to us on our WhatsApp number and tell us what you think about it. Uh, Stay happy, stay rested, stay mindful, stay resilient, stay nourished. Stay yourself. You do not have to run just because the world is running. Because there's a long, long, long road ahead before we get to the Oscars. 